I was born in Kent. Uh, Pat was born over the other side of a huge pond uh, in uh, New Hampshire, I think, in uh, USA, but that's another story. Um, yeah, it's great to be here, and uh, I'll be honest with you, um, I was uh, sharing this message with, um, with, with um, NEC, New Evangelical Church, and Andrew said, would I speak here on the same sub subject? And uh, it's such a simple word that I've found it a struggle to get my head around the simplicity of the words of Jesus. Jesus can say a few words and it can transform the world. Two short uh, uh, parables and earthly stories. Jesus uh, hardly ever spoke without bringing some sort of uh, illustration. And two short parables covering just three verses. And I'm going to be majoring on the parable of the mustard seed. Um, I've got some uh, seeds in my pocket and I've got some yeast in my pocket. And uh, they're not mustard seed. Uh, they are purple sprouting broccoli. But they're about the same size. And uh, we planted some, didn't we, love, last year? They are my, minute things. Lifeless. They're still lifeless in this packet. Totally lifeless. I was sharing with Newark, we can send a... Uh, mission to Mars, we can send whatever we want, try to put satellites up. But uh, making seed, that's another thing, isn't it? They haven't actually conquered that yet. But seeds are micro things. And sure enough, we put these seeds in. We haven't got a brilliant garden. I, I shared at Newark that it's a higgledy-piggledy garden. But, uh, yeah, we... Uh, we planted these, and I, I, I love it when I see things sprouting through, and I know that they're something rather than a weed. And uh, I look at it, I say, hey, Pat, those purple flowering broccoli, and they started pretty small and a bit larger and a bit larger, and, you know, the top of the purple sprouting broccoli got to about here. And uh, it was a joy, Pat said, here, nip up the garden, Jeff, and chop off a few things, and we stick them in the... And we cook our own veg. Pray, praise God. You know, things grow from a lifeless ob, ob, object. We're looking at two short parables, one on the outward growth of the church, the outward growth, you could say, of the gospel, and the inner growth of Christ's kingdom in the hearts and minds of his followers two parables and yeah we we love to sow seeds don't 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 we pat has a habit and it's a great habit of when we've grown stuff she would chop off all the dead and put all the seeds in little envelopes and replant them again so the whole cycle keeps going round we had joy 
growing broad beans, French beans, whatever you like. Anyway, today we're talking about basically the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. And Jesus likens it in our, in our passage in uh, Matthew. Let's read it together. I have made some notes and I may, and uh, I don't often speak. So uh, it's a challenge or, or always. Um, our former pastor over in uh, Borough La Marche near Skeg Skegness, we were there for about seven years. He says, Jeff, I'm always nervous on a Sunday morning. I'm always nervous, he said. And likewise, <laughs> let's hear this. The parable, and Jesus likens it to a mustard seed. He told them that's his disciples. Quite a few of the parables he might have spoken to a huge crowd, like the parable of the sower. But quite a few he spoke privately to his own followers. And this is one of them here. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. It's a small beginning. The gospel is such a small beginning, but its ultimate destination is a majestic glory. Just like in our human lives, we plant stuff and, and we bear fruit. Jesus' mission when he came to earth was to plant seeds. I was, if the children have been in the service, I was going to, uh, and I will still mention it, our God is a great big God. Lovely song, isn't it? Our God is a great big God, higher than a skyscraper. Deeper than a submarine, wider than the universe, beyond my wildest dreams. And he knows me and he loves me even before the world began. How wonderful to be a part of God's amazing plan. I want you to think about that, God's amazing plan. He sent Jesus, his son, to die for you and for me. He sent him to a bunch of shepherds on a, um, on a hillside. And they were gobsmacked at the actual glory of this amazing plan. They must have passed out. Imagine it. God's amazing plans come from heaven. And it starts to affect them. And, and they say, hey, we've got to go and see this. And you know the story as well as I do. The seed was sown in the field, in the world. It's all about Jesus. It's not, it's in a sense, it's not difficult, is it, to, un, to un, understand, and we're going to talk about that. But from one seed, one man, Jesus' amazing plan went to another man, John the Baptist. And he starts to, to uh, understand God's will and he starts to preach about the kingdom of heaven. John, Matthew 3 and verse 2. Matthew 3 and verse 2. John says this, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven 
is near. Jesus is near. Repent. This is he who was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one crying in the desert. The voice of God was in the desert, but it was going out into a needy, a needy world. Imagine a field and planting one seed. One seed. Think about it. And it's not difficult, as I said, to understand the seed is the gospel. The seed is the gospel, the truth. And just like one man, one man planting the seed, we link the whole thing to Jesus, one man. As, as John said in, one, in John 1.29, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus walks into your and mine and the world's existence and he says two words. He says two words to you, to you and me, follow me. Follow me. God's amazing plan. What is it? To reconcile man and to him, his creation. Good news to all. Heaven was taking residence on earth. And the first preachers, they weren't learned guys, were they? They were just fishermen, taxation people, different walks of life. And Jesus says those words, follow me, they left it all. And to the established church, you see, to the established church, who does he think he is? Who does he think this upstart is from Nazareth, a beat-up, rubbishy town? And the weeds, even then, were starting to infiltrate the gospel. And the devil didn't like it then, and he doesn't like it now. He doesn't like us reaching out into fern, 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 fernwood, but we're reaching out with the truth of the gospel. And the gospel will prevail. Amen? The first preachers, unlearned men. The poor, the despised, the sick, the lame, the blind. You could look at that both practically and spiritually, sorry. They called out to him. How true is God's word in John's gospel? Let's look at that. John's gospel, uh, chapter 1. Chapter 1 and verses 10 to 13. Let's listen to God's word. He was in the world, the seed. He was in the world and through, and though the world was made by him, through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Amen. How small and seemingly insignificant this message, the kingdom of heaven, starts with one man. One man 
walking in the strength of the Holy Spirit and God's Son. But the main point, the first point, and almost the echo of every point we talk about today, the hand of man sows, but it's the hidden power of God that makes it grow. It's the hidden power that makes it into a great plant in a natural sense. How much more than the power and the grace of God that enables the message to grow, the message to grow as we faithfully seek to honour him. And who, if you think about growth, who would have imagined the words of this, this, this son of God, this preacher, this, this, wow, how can we explain? How can we, how can we get our heads around who God is? Yet his words are being read, even as we preach today and if we share his words by millions upon millions upon millions of people. Shouldn't we say, be thankful for that? One seed, which, our, which one man took, our Lord and Saviour, and the message sprang to life. And it grew branches. It grew branches, just like the purple sprouting broccoli, broccoli, broccoli starts to grow, so it spreads its fruit out. And we continually, continually went and, and Pat said, if you chop it off, more will uh, grow. And sure enough, you chop it off. You, we in the garden, we are deadhead. I've got used to deadheading plants now. So if we deadhead, more, more will actually come. We get rid of the rubbish and more fruit comes. We follow the course of nature, but how much more should we follow God's word in getting rid of the weeds that come in and stamp Satan down and push him out? How much more, God's, we need the strength of the Holy Spirit inside of us. The persecution that suffered by the church through hostility. We're not talking about 2,000 years ago. We're talking about now. The persecution of knowing Jesus. And sometimes we think we're so weak, but God overrules his church, God's message, good news of the gospel for all mankind. And our Lord uses many figures of speech. Let's read this parable again which a man took and planted in his field though it is the smallest of all your seeds yet when it grows it's the largest of all garden plants and becomes a tree it becomes a tree so the birds of the air come and perch in its branches I think so many parables uh, people scratch their heads and think about what's he saying? What does it mean? I'd liken the birds, I would suggest our Lord, liken the birds to so many people, so many nations. This seed was sown for the benefit of the world, for God so loved the world. He gave, he planted. The birds of the air will come and lodge. You know, so many people, I think, today are walking past a house of prayer, a house of, 
of worship. And I wonder how many people will stop and say, I've got an issue. I've, I've got a problem. I need to seek God. I think it's so wonderful when people come in. We had a, we had a person at our uh, last church, and uh, his name was uh, Jonathan. And he came into our, our church, and uh, I haven't got all the facts right, and I will pray I will. But he says, I've uh, made a deal with uh, God. He didn't know him. He didn't know God at all. And uh, I think his wife was, had he, has his wife given birth at the time? Yes. And she was only a pound. Premature. Sorry? She was premature. She was premature. And uh, his baby was born a pound and it was hanging in the, uh, whether it would survive or not. Anyway, God miraculously overruled in this in Jonathan's life he he came into a church because he needed he needed help he needed guidance he needed someone else to interfere intervene in his life and do you know that little that little baby grew and grew and grew and do you know Jonathan gave his heart to the Lord Jonathan gave his heart to the Lord he's now a deacon that church he's been saved he'd been born again and the seed permeated his heart and caused him to call out to god help me that's our great god we we need to go unto him to rest we need to lodge in the branches i liken this tree much more than a, a tree that we see it's a tree that's pointing to to heaven and its, and its branches its arms are outstretched and says in Matthew 28 doesn't it come unto me all you that are laboring are heavy laden the outward growth of the gospel and I challenge us now what church are we growing into Mr. read Ephesians Ephesians 4 11 to 16 just a few of these verses here God calls some to be pastors and teachers, some to be evangelists, to prepare God's people for works of service so the whole body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow. We grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. What sort of church are we? There's a warning, really, if you think about this, that we can become too focused on how big and how wide and how broad the churches and concentrate on the outward and neglect the seed that's dropped into our own hearts is it finding a real lodging resting place in here in our heart the psalmist says i've hidden my my word 
in my, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Are we letting the seed take its place in our hearts? Do you know, 1 Peter says it's an imperishable seed. It's an imperishable one. It will keep on, in a sense, growing. It will keep on serving its purpose, God's amazing plan. I know full well, and you know, that Jesus came and his seed, his personal seed, had to die that others might be lifted up and changed. Just like Jonathan at our last church. Are we together a witnessing church? Are we a praying church? Are we a church that welcomes the whosoever? The church devoted to one another, a church in the real deeper spiritual sense, a Christ-centered church, a discipling church. I, I was going to try and draw and create a, a tree with lots of headings on coming from that one root, but you've got the picture. The roots go down deep and the branches need to spread wider to a fallen and misshaped world. Jesus came because there are issues with his people. And there's issues with people out there today walking past this church that don't know Jesus. They've got no idea of who he is. Jesus came that they may have life and have it to the full. How we pray that people's eyes would be opened, that blind eyes would be made to see. The parable of the mustard seed, such small beginnings, such insignificant, with footprints on the sand, follow me. And yet the church is growing. It hasn't reached its fulfillment, and it won't reach its fulfillment till the glorious kingdom of God come, come, comes again. And we are just part of that, holding the baton and passing it on to other people and sharing the good news of the gospel. And he shares another parable. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you another parable as well. And Jesus says these words, and I have to keep going back to scripture or I'll quote it wrong. Sorry. Matthew 13. He told them still another parable. How Jesus' heart was, was longing and aching to share the knowledge of the gospel with his followers. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took. Um, as I said, I've got a packet of yeast and now I've lost it. Yeast, it's just a little packet of Allison's yeast. Just You only need a micro amount, but yeast i've never actually used used uh i think we had a bread making maker once upon a time no fat shaking their heads i thought I, I i thought we had but um obviously there's the and uh i don't know what sort of bread you like we've started eating what's called pump pumpernickel bread who's heard of that hey there's another oh, two uh but I do like bread that's got air in it, that's got a lovely taste to it. And uh, 
Yeah, this it's in it's in interesting and a side issue here. Our Lord says two parables. The first is a man. He highlights to his disciples a man. Took a, I'll keep doing that. Took a seed. A man here. Here it's a woman. A woman. It says. A woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour. I wonder why our Lord says that. I mean, many men cook now. Yeah, many chefs going about. But in a sense, I believe there's a message and a challenge for us that we've all got a part to play. I know that men have their role in the church, and, and that's a God-given role, but the message of, of the gospel is a united message to be shared by us all. A woman took it. How the and it was great. Bethia led the uh, the CSI, and, and we have so many things that women do. But we we have an all equal chance to need and hide the gospel and to share it. The authorized says that a woman took took the leaven and hid it hid it into the flower. It's unseen, isn't it? You add it, and yet you can't see it. And the Holy Spirit comes and touches us and convicts and permeates the being of people and turns them around. And I will give you life, Jesus says, and I'll give it to you more abundantly. I don't like the bread where you, I know, forgive me saying it, where it sticks to the roof of your mouth and, and it sort of costs about two and six a loaf, you know, and, and it's sort of, uh, sorry to the people that made it, um, shouldn't be judgmental, but, but there's nothing better than eating good bread. And Jesus is the supreme maker of bread. He's the bread of life. <laughs> and Jesus says this, this shares this message. It's like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour. And I've tried to fathom out how much loaves this, this would have made. And many commentaries say about 100 loaves. It's quite a large amount. And is it an illustration to us that this, this, the yeast of the kingdom is going to permeate into people and spread out into the community. He mixed it into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough, the dough, the, the flour. And I want to just, in closing, really consider the small amount, the small amount. You know, sometimes we think we've got to do big things for God. We've got to stand on a pedestal and shout, you know, whatever we've got to do. We've got to go to every single door and knock on it. But you see, we can have a small word to a neighbor who's in trouble. And, and it may be that they can't get out 
oh, I'll, I'll go, give me your uh, shopping list. And you go and help someone. Someone who's sick, go to visit them. Read a few verses of scripture. They might not be used to that. Just, just consider the small things that you can do for Jesus. A token of kindness to a neighbor. Sometimes we feel we, uh, we can't do these things but it's just a small amount. Jesus will mult, mult, multiply it. I read a book once on uh, e, e evangelism. And there's an article in there, true story of a young girl and a friend, Christian young couple. And they went to a door and they knocked on the door and they shared the gospel and the wife was cooking and the guy didn't have any time. He said, oh, uh, oh uh, clear off. Didn't, didn't want anything to do with them. And uh, they went in and the lady says, who was that at the door? Oh, some young kid talking about Jesus. And that led them to actually discussing it over dinner. And they couldn't get the thought out of their minds. And they, they believe or not, started attending the local church. And they became Christians. Because the faithfulness of one little kid, one little youngsters, they knocked on the door. Can I talk to you about that? And they must, I don't know. But isn't it wonderful how God uses infinitesimal things minute things and changes the world only a small amount only a small word only a small act yet it works through the whole of the amounts of flour and god can if we're open and receptive to him work through us as we open ourselves and lay aside other distractions Do you know the gospel message is so foolish, isn't it? So foolish, so rejected, so ridiculed. Romans 1, 16 says, but it is the power of God unto salvation, those who are believing. Romans 1, 16. It's current, isn't it? The seed's current. It's not in a dead packet. It's not dead seed. It's live. It's living. It's growing. And against much persecution, God's kingdom is growing. I believe in these two short parables, we learn about the hand of God. His kingdom starts so small, but grows surprisingly large and keeps growing. And his kingdom remains hidden at first, but silently, wonderfully, by the Spirit's power, spreads through the whole earth. But you see, Remember, just as equally as Christ's word spreads, you go back to the parable of the wheat and, and the wheat and the tares, the weeds. The evil keeps permeating, keeps squirming around. Do we ever feel dis, 
discouraged? Do we need to remember we're part of God's amazing plan? Part of the church, part of the kingdom? Christ planted that in the first faithful followers. They stepped out and they followed the call. And the message continues, doesn't it, towards its fulfillment when Christ returns. Short parables surely teach us, teach us, teach me to continually, faithfully, we seek to do that with how we stumble, how we struggle. But only God can lift us up. He continually says, hey, get back on the path. Get back on the solid ground. Remember, I planted you. I planted you. I died for you. We as a church, are we growing? Not just new, miraculously, amen to that, but closer to God, closer to one another. There's a needy harvest field out there. I pray that we would let him so mix and mould us into his love, to knead his love into us, into our lives. May we be able to, by his grace, share the good news with people. May we let the Lord, amen, have his way amongst us. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, it's, it's amazing how your kingdom came to this earth. How you spoke so simply and wonderfully to your followers at the same time posing them questions. And Lord, I pray that as we each, all of us here, whether it's speaker or hearers, that you would so remould us that you would so let your seed grow in us more and more that we would be able to add more of the goodness of you into our lives just as we seek to add goodness into maybe the soil of our own gardens our own wherever we live lord we need to add much more of the goodness of god into our own hearts and lives that we will grow and flourish Lord through your enabling that we would bear fruit that we would seek to have small amounts of kindness and love a small word a small encouragement Lord may it be so for your namesake Amen Amen thank you